Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by teaching pastor Sherry Benke as we continue our series, Relationship Goals. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m., and also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, good morning, community. How are you guys doing? Good morning to those joining us digitally as well. I also want to enter into the happy Mother's Day moment. Happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. I think we deserve more than just one day of celebration, but we'll take it today, right? But I also want to recognize that today can be a day um, that's also filled with sadness. Um, If you've lost your mom, uh, I know that can be the case. Last summer, I lost my mom unexpectedly, and so this is the first Mother's Day without her. But there is no place I'd rather be than here giving the message and hopefully uh, reflecting her love and her influence really well. But I know it can be hard. It can be hard. Maybe there's tension between you and your own mother. Maybe you long to be a mom yourself. And so in this moment, we see you, but we also want to celebrate with you. And we know that celebration and sadness can coexist. So I want to pray for every single nurturing and encouraging and strong woman in the room right now. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for the gift of life. Not a single one of us would be here this morning if it weren't for Um, a mother who gave us life. And so I thank you for that. Father, I pray that you will be the comforter for folks who need comfort. I will pray that you will be peace for those who need peace. I pray that you will be rest for those moms who need rest. I pray for the single mom, the stepmom, and those who long to be a mom, knowing that being a mom is more than just uh, biology. And I just thank you for every single woman's influence um, in this community and throughout. Father, we love you. We love your son. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in week three of our series called Relationship Goals. So week three means that there were two prior to this. And if you have not seen those messages, I can't encourage you enough to go to the app, go to the website and watch week one and week two. Week one's relationship goal was the goal of vulnerability. Our relationships are the most life-giving to us, but they also can be the most stressful. So we should invest intentionally in them so they can be the best that they can be. And these are all relationships, whether it's a relationship with our significant other or, or those we come in contact with, our coworkers, our neighbors. But that first week was a vulnerability. That is the gateway to connection. And then last week, our relationship goal was conflict. We actually had a conflict goal. But our conflict goal is to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, not a bully, but a peacemaker. And this week, we have another goal. Our goal is a communication goal. Have you ever made a communication goal? Well, you should. According to the magazine Psychology Today, there's been many a research that have found that a breakdown in communication is the number one leading cause of breakups and divorce. If you have lived with another individual, you realize that miscommunication can really jack things up, right? Here's the thing. We all know that communication is important, but rarely do we have a communication goal. 
But I'm sure many of us have encountered a loss of a friendship or a loss of a very important relationship due to a breakdown in communication. So during this series, we actually acknowledge the truth that Jesus taught, that the most important thing in life is our relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And because of that, we should take communication seriously. We should establish a communication goal. So that's my challenge for everyone here today is to have a communication goal. Now, of course, uh, communicating is a really broad subject. When we communicate, we use words, but actually words are about 7% of how we communicate. We communicate with the tone of voice, with the pitch, with the pace of how we talk. We communicate with our body language, with hand gestures, and moms have mastered communication with no words at all, with the look. You guys know the look, right? You know the look. Definitely. The truth is communication covers a lot. It covers a lot. It's not just about what I have to say and how I say it. It is a two-way street. So I want to zero in on what I think is the very most important communication skill for us today, and that's listening. That is listening. James, the brother of Jesus, writes this. He says, my dear brothers and sisters... Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, then slow to speak and slow to become angry. And what he's saying is our default, our default needs to be listening. That's what we need to do first. We need to be quick to listen and then slow to speak. Who here can admit that they're probably a little bit more quick to speak and probably a little more slower to listen? Hey, I'm raising my hand on this one. Definitely. Becoming a good listener Becoming a good listener, we, we, it's hard to become a good listener because there are barriers to us uh, learning to listen well. There's barriers to that. The first barrier to becoming a good listener is we're me-focused. We're me-focused. I like me. I like talking about me. I like that you guys came to listen to me. Thanks for listening, by the way. Have you ever heard of spotlight grabbing? Spotlight grabbing is when someone starts to share a story and instead of just listening to that story, you recognize that you've had kind of a similar experience and you go, oh my gosh, that happened to me. And you're kind of off and running, sharing the details about your experience with that story instead of just simply listening to someone. Another barrier to being a good listener is assumptions. Assuming you know someone's story, assuming you know how it's going to turn out, assuming you know how they feel about a situation. And we're all prone to this. I look in this room and I see we have several hundred people here, but it would be pretty presumptuous of me that I would think you all came here to hear me speak. That would not be a fair assumption. Now, my daughter came here to hear me speak today. But there's a million different reasons why each one of you are here this morning. And it would be so unfair of me to make an assumption about what brought you here this morning. And another barrier to us becoming a good listener is busyness. We are so busy. We are running all over the place. We got full calendars, full minds, and we're running from place to place. And we're in hurried mode all the time with the inability to even look somebody in the eye to have a conversation. 
I love what American philosopher and theologian Dallas Willard had to say about this. He said, we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life. And those are such wise words. And so I think we should pause and consider this question. What happens, what happens when we don't listen? What happens when we don't listen? Well, a few things happen. And the first one may be obvious, but the people in our lives, they feel unheard. They feel unheard. When we're me focused, when we're spotlight grabbing, when we're making assumptions about what's going on in their life and we're too busy to make eye contact with them, then they feel unheard. And when people feel unheard, then they feel unknown. Have you ever called a support hotline for like a product or something and you get stuck in a phone tree where it's like, you know, if you need help with blah, 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 press one and you need help with blah, 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 press two. And yet none of the options really fit your need. And you get stuck in this loop because somebody has created a a tree that they've assumed they thought would hit all the buttons, but it didn't. And then you find yourself on hold and you hear this message play out. And the message would sound like this. Your call is very important to us. Please continue to hold for personal assistance. As which you stay on hold for how many minutes, you know, it's like, no, your call is not important to you, but was you would have answered it. But see, all too often, we're, we're quick to do the same thing, quick to make assumptions about people, quick to jump in and fix what's going on with them instead of just listening to them. And here's the truth. When people begin to share their stories, they're not typically looking for a solution. They're just looking for support as they try to navigate this thing called life. In Proverbs, we read these wise words. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. And yet, it's so easy for us to do, to not listen. And then that leaves the people in our lives feeling unheard, unknown. And when that happens, they ultimately feel unloved. Author David Osberger has this to say about listening. He says, being listened to is so close to being loved that the average person cannot tell the difference. I believe every single one of us wants the people in our life to feel loved. So how can we go about making sure that the people in our life feel loved? Well, there's a few ways that we can do There's a few ways that we can begin to practice listening. And there's no better person to look to than Jesus. There was a no better listener who walked this planet than Jesus. Now, Jesus, he demonstrated God's love in big and miraculous ways through feeding like 5,000 people. And and he could show up and do mighty things. But he's also known in, in moments that are less, more like a mic drop moment and more like a whisper. More like a whisper whenever he sees someone, particularly someone who's probably being ignored, and he sees them, he acknowledges them, he hears them, and he loves them. And there's such a story that I wanna tell you today that we find in Luke 18. 
Now to set the stage for you as far as what was kind of happening in the setting here as we get to this story in Luke, uh, the city was bustling and it was filled with all kinds of people because they heard that Jesus was coming to town. And and there were people gathered by the hundreds just to get a glimpse of Jesus. And even the, the people who could pull some strings to get a front row seat They weren't even able to do that as well. They had to climb trees to to see Jesus walk by. Imagine there was dust stirred up from all the people walking around. People were parched because it was hot and they really didn't have any respect for personal space. Think of uh, Lollapalooza in downtown Chicago. Right? And if you've ever been in a crowd like that, you kind of get caught up in the crowd and you get pushed and pulled by the crowd and it's loud and it's noisy and it can be disorienting. And so as I share this story with you, I want you to have that picture in mind as far as what's happening. And so I want to pick up reading this story, Luke 18, verse 35. And it says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked, what is happening? And so it's a blind man and he hears the ruckus of the crowd and then he wants to know what's going on. I was at brunch with my family a few weeks ago and we were in this crowded restaurant and this restaurant had lots of different uh, rooms in it. And, and in another room where I couldn't see, there was this huge ruckus and, and applause and celebration. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to know what's going on over there. You know, I wanted to peek and see. And that's what's happening with this man. He's blind, but he hears the crowd that's getting more and more loud. And he wants to know what's happening, what's happening as he's sitting on the side of the road. And the people say, oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He's coming in. And the blind man goes, Jesus of Nazareth, he's heard about this guy. He's heard about his great teaching. He's heard that he has healed the blind. And so he begins to stand up and he's like, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And the crowd is like, shh, shh. But he wouldn't be deterred. He continues to say, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus stops. And amongst that loud crowd, he heard him. And so he goes against the crowd and he sees the man and he's like, bring, bring him to me. And so they bring the blind man to Jesus. And instead of Jesus assuming what this man needs, he looks at him. He looks him straight in the face, right into his blind eyes. And he asks him, what do you want? And the man says, I want to see. I want to see. And in a moment, this man can see. And we can see that that Jesus, he heard him amongst the crowd here. He heard him amongst the crowd and he stopped and he listened and he didn't make an assumption about what was going on. And this is an amazing story of this man being healed And this man being able to see and of Jesus listening. But I think we can scoop past this and miss something else that's going on here. You see, back in that day, back in that culture, if you were blind, if you were lame, it was thought to have been brought on by yourself or someone in your family. Either you had sinned, somebody in your family was unclean, and the reason why you couldn't see and the reason why you couldn't walk was your own fault and you were ignored by everybody. Everybody made that assumption. But Jesus, 
The most amazing man that ever walked this planet is walking through the city, surrounded by hundreds of people, and yet he stops and he listens and he asks this guy without making an assumption, what do you want? And this amazing scene concludes with Jesus healing him. And I can only imagine this blind man staring face to face with Jesus as Jesus heals him, the very first thing this blind man sees is the face of Jesus looking at him and listening to him, probably for the very first time. Jesus was an amazing listener. He was an amazing listener. He didn't ignore people. This chaos would have justified him walking on by could have pretended like he didn't hear anything. Jesus was an expert at identifying the cues in people and and drawing out in them what they needed so they could feel heard and known and loved. And the secret truth to the way Jesus is able to be the best listener is that Jesus recognizes the very image of God in every single person. In every single person that Jesus came across, he recognized the very image of God in every single person. We call that the Imago Dei, the image of God. It exists in every single person, every single person that Jesus comes across, every single person that you come across bears the very image of God. And Jesus knows that. He can see the divine dignity in every single person. And I believe because of the example that he set, that when we follow him, we can learn to imitate that as well. We can learn to see the very image of God in every single person that we come in contact with, especially the ones that we love and are in the closest relationship with. Even if we don't agree with them, we can still listen to them, we can still empathize with them, and we can still love them. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, first, I I think it's hard for us to give something that we haven't yet received. It's hard to give something that you haven't yet received. John, one of Jesus's closest friends, uh, wrote about this. He said that we first love, we love because he first loved us. See, Jesus loves us. Jesus sees us, Jesus hears us, Jesus knows us, Jesus loves us. Jesus hears the cries of our heart. He hears the fear, he hears the desperation. He hears the depression, he hears the judgment. He hears it all and he knows us and he loves us. And when we awaken to that reality, It's like our blind eyes of spirituality are opened wide. They're open wide. And maybe for the first time, you need to respond to Jesus and say, I wanna see. I wanna see. Let him reveal his love to you, that love that will empower you to love the way he loves, to hear the way he hears, and to see the way he sees. Listen to the people in our lives. Let's listen to them. Not just hear the words they're saying, but listen, stop, stop what we're doing. Amongst all the busyness, make a deliberate attempt to stop 
and listen, listen with our eyes. I know when my boys were little and they'd sit on my lap and if I was distracted, you know, on my phone or something, they'd grab my face, right? Look me in the eye. There's something dignified about that. So we look somebody in the eye. Let's stop. And whatever it is, maybe you need to put down the phone, turn off Netflix, close the laptop. I don't know what it is, but let's imitate Jesus and listen know the people in our lives. And let's not jump to fix everything that's going on with the people that we come in contact with. Remember, people aren't sharing with us because they're typically looking for a solution. They just want support as they're trying to navigate this thing called life. And why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because ultimately, that's what love looks like. When people feel listened to, People feel known, they feel loved. They feel loved. God loves us so much, he listens to us, he knows us, he loves us, he loves you. And I really do believe that there's a correlation between how I'm connected with God and how I respond to those around me. And if I'm not connected to God and and if I don't feel listened to and if I don't feel known and I don't feel loved, it's really challenging for me to extend that to other people. But whenever I'm connected to him and I feel heard and I feel known and I feel loved, it's easier to extend that to those around me, particularly in my most important relationships. So let's lean in to God. Let's receive from God what we need so we can love those around us. So we can love those around us by listening. And let's be reminded of these wise words that we heard from the author, David Osberger. He said, being listened to is so close to being loved that the average person can't tell the difference. So let us love Let us love well by listening to those who are around us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a a creator that listens, that listens to us, that hears us, that knows us, that loves us. Father, I thank you for your son who revealed to us what it looks like to be empowered by that love and live it out on this earth. Father, I pray for those in the room who may have a strained relationship right now that you would just uh, infuse in them through the power of your Holy Spirit new enthusiasm to begin to invest in their relationships, that they would have these relationship goals, that they would learn to communicate better and that would start by listening. Help us see the way you see. Help us see the very image of God in every single person that we look at. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for uh, just the gift of him walking this earth. Um, The sacrifice that he made to extend forgiveness to everybody. The gift of grace and, and the gift of Holy Spirit. 
the gift of the Holy Spirit that is present and ever around us and in every breath that we take. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, empower us. Empower us to live and love and listen like your son. It's in his holy name that I pray. Amen.